Karate Cafe is sponsored in part by thedojomanager.com. It's like the five-finger death touch for managing your dojo. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul Wilson here with another fine episode of Karate Cafe. Off my center lane, as always, my good friend, Dan Williams. Dan, how are you? Good, good. How are you been? Oh, just, uh, well, you know, uh, it's it's been an interesting last couple of weeks. Uh, I was going to say, you're finally getting settled in? Yeah, finally getting settled in, uh, you know, trying to get back in the swing, trying to get, yeah. uh, we've actually been trying to do a, a show for the last couple of weeks, but weeks. Uh, the hilarity of work always ensues. Well, you know, the, the, unfortunately, it's, it's just the case where the show takes a, a lesser precedence over pretty much, you know, everything else in life. <laughs> That's right, because brother man got to get paid. <laughs> got to get paid. Yeah, and as, and as, as much as... Uh, uh, and speaking of paid, you know, I've been uh, looking mm-hmm. at uh, we're moving into the holiday season, so I want to remind everyone to uh, use that link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, to buy all your uh, goods and or services from uh, Amazon if, if you're shopping for the holidays, you know, for uh, – uh, we got a big one this year. We've got uh, Hanukkah starting on Christmas Eve and then Christmas, so it's eight crazy nights uh, wow! Doubled at least two. If you're those weirdos that open your presents on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas Day, um, that's weird. It's just weird. But you know what? We opened one. We always opened one on Christmas Eve. We we did that and for then... a while as a kid, but um, since you know we only have just the one child, I mean, it, it, it's you know. And then, like I say, we we do Hanukkah as well. So uh, you know, we get eight crazy nights and then Christmas. So. <laughs> You know what? It's, it's all gonna it's all gonna work this out there. But anyway, but the, the long story short is, uh, been noticing that there's been a, a drop off of people buying stuff. But I'm hoping with the holidays, uh, as you know, our podcast is sponsored by Piranha Gear, and uh, but it's not completely sponsored by Piranha Gear. So uh, it would be cool <laughs> if uh, you know. I think I think the tough thing is is more and more people are shopping on their uh, tablets and stuff. And with yeah, the app, yeah. there's, yeah. If there's no that, way to really do that. Right, right. If you guys use that, so stop using the app, go back to the internet. Yeah. Log right. into the World Wide Web and open up your Netscape browser and buy Jingo. There you go. Uh, order your stuff up. Or, again, you know, just like you said, you know, uh, give up some cafe for Karate Cafe, you know, forego your pumpkin yeah. spice latte so you don't have to get mad about the color of the cup. And, yeah. uh, you know, send us that money and, and that'll help us pay for the massive Karate Cafe studio. Uh, we have a, a, a we have a, a topic, and I think this topic comes from uh, Michigan from a guy named Dan. So Dan, why don't you? That's share right. that with us. Well, so I was thinking the other day. Um, I can't remember what I was thinking about, but uh, one of the things that uh, Kent had, had had done in the past. I don't know if he still does it or not, but um, at the end of class, uh, he kind of uh, he he would read a quote or a passage that uh, he thought was meaningful. And then as a class, we'd have a little discussion about it. And, you know, I think the idea was that that the martial arts class was not just about um, technique. Uh, and it was it was more about improving yourself as a whole person. 
And, you know, I, I, I thought that was a really cool idea. I still think it's a cool idea. And one of the things that got me thinking was, um, I guess the question is, is that do instructors have not only the option of enhancing people's lives beyond the martial arts, but do they have the duty to do that? I mean, should you as a martial art instructor, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? It's, it's, you know, I am here to teach people the techniques that come out of my martial arts versus I am here to, to coach people through their lives and martial arts is, is one aspect of that. Interesting. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's uh, good. When you originally brought this up uh, a couple weeks ago when we were planning on doing it, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it got me thinking because, yeah, uh, the, from, from the karate side, if you look at back at the, the writings of the old masters, uh, a mm -hmm. lot of them, even in Okinawa, where, where it was very much still like a personal protection art or, you know, uh, whatnot, um, there was a lot of writing, uh, from, the instructors on how you comport yourself as a martial artist, like some of the things you're supposed to strive for. And, right. And, and in many cases, it was not, it wasn't just, you know, snapping someone in half. It was, you know, be a good person and use it well and, you know, don't use harsh Honor language. and respect and right. all that stuff. Uh, there was at least yeah. one instructor who um, uh, advocated, uh, supposedly from what I read, like he advocated, you know, Drinking and whoring around, so so <laughs> so he said that that would actually enhance your, your karate. So you know, I, I think oh well, I guess you know. People there's a shoe there's it. a shoe for everybody. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do like that. There's there's um, and, and to kind of tie this into something that's going on when when with my uh, my world is I have um, a student that uh, he's. It's one of my my kid students, and they're, he's mm -hmm. kind of upset because he's not getting promoted in a timely fashion and stuff like that. And one of the things that um, that kind of came to my mind was, well, he had come from a dojo that had you know four or five classes a, a week, and had Saturday classes and and a much larger student base and more senior students, so it could pro provide more for that particular student who. Uh, could probably benefit from that. And I, and I talked to the former instructor and he was like, yeah, he need, uh, this person needed a lot of, you know, kind of one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, it's, it's like, how far do you go? It's like, I can't for, so for to bring it back to the topic is yeah, the more stuff that, that I, that I add in my class, the less class time we get. So, right. I mean, I, so I guess maybe one component of that is, you know, if, uh, cause I, I think, you know, uh, Kent that you're talking about, uh, T. Kent Nel yeah. Nelson, Sifu, Sensei, yeah. Guru, is he has, this is what he does, right? It's like his gig. Uh, yes. So, this is his full-time job. So, so he probably has many classes during the week and, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So kind of, you know, he has time for that. I mean, there, there's a certain, and, you know, there's an argument for curriculum as well. I mean, that's one of the things that I kind of run up against. I'm having a federation that I completely love. Anyone who's listening from my federation, um, <laughs> is, you know, there's a curriculum, there's a criteria, and it's not set by me. Right. It's set by, you know, somebody who's far, far better than me. Is, I'm curious, is there 
anything in that curriculum that goes beyond these are the list of techniques that you teach? No, not really, no. So, I mean, mm. that that's the thing. You know, there's, I mean, it's all variations on the theme, right? It's, you know, one-step sparring or the kata or the weapons or the whatever. Uh, but there's right. nothing that's actually like sort of a, a personal sort of thrust. Now, I mean, I like it. So, I mean, there'll be times that like after class I'll talk about things. Right. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's usually stuff related to either the dojo itself or, you know, upcoming stuff in the Federation. And, and so I've been thinking over the last couple, you know, weeks of, of how to kind of push that in. If, I mean, you know, there's like with me, one of the things I do is I stretch and I make the stretching a little bit more of a, a thing. I, I, I use it. I, I coach the, the, the students and I say, you know, when you're stretching, you know, this is when I use, that's the time I kind of get in my head, you know, and I'm, I'm breathing yeah. and I'm taking it slow and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a really good stretch in. I'm not trying to like, okay, I have 10 minutes to stretch. You know? you know, it's funny that that's a good point because especially during stretching, um, I mean, generally, unless you're new, stretching is a bit mindless, you know, so you don't really have to, to, to think about your stretching. Um, I mean, sometimes you should, but for the most part, you don't. And that may be a good opportunity in class to kind of double up on that time. Um, because I personally think that uh, there's, there's a duty uh, to make sure that people are using, one, at one level, there's a duty to make sure that people are using their martial arts responsibly, right? You don't want to, you don't want to do, um, uh, uh, you don't want to have a Cobra Kai dojo. Uh, <laughs> and you don't even want to have a Cobra Kai student. So I think there's that aspect of it where if, you know, if, if especially if you see someone in trouble, um, it is your obligation to, to step in. Um, at the same time, I think there's kind of an obligation to, to make sure that, again, people are using their martial arts responsibly. But I also think that there is an opportunity. Um, and for some people, I would imagine it's their, it's their only opportunity. You know, it's, and it's not just, it's not sort of like, oh, I am all wise and, and kind of bow down to me kind of thing. Um, but more like, hey, you know, these are the things that I think people should be thinking about. Now, I'm not going to, you know, it's the old, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm going to tell you that you should think about voting and the importance of it and what that means. So I'm not going to tell you that, you know, this particular thing is good or bad. I'm just going to say that really you should start thinking about it. You know, I watch, for example, I watch a lot of, of, of self-defense videos, um, especially uh, ones involving guns. And... It's, it's sort of like if, if you have a gun, you really need to have some sort of, well, I don't know if you need, but you should have some sort of moral framework around using that thing. And no, it's I the same thing for martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was one of the things we talked about, you know, in the green room when we brought this uh, conversation up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, was, there was a guy in, in, in our past, and one of the things that he advocated was he said oh well you know if you're not if you're a martial arts instructor and you're not teaching your students um 
how to shoot a gun, then you're, you're a failure as a martial art instructor or, or words to that effect. And I was right. kind of like, well, no, I mean, cause I teach this. This is what I teach. So, I mean, you know, you, when, right. you, when you're in college, you go to different instructors for different stuff. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's, you know, and so even like, you know, people who say they teach a complete martial art, I, I kind of take umbrage of that. I'm like, you can't teach a complete martial art. You can teach a well-rounded martial art, you know, right. you can teach one, but I mean, there's, you can't get, you know, and again, it, maybe it comes back down to having, you know, the, the facility in your, in your facility to do that. Right. But, um, well uh, that, uh, and you know, as we've talked about before, any, whenever you're training, you're not training an infinite amount of, uh, an infinite number of other things. So it comes down to where do people want to spend their time? If, you know, if as a martial arts school, you want to have a gun class, um, and you are a certified instructor and you are, you are black belt level at teaching, um, you know, gun stuff, then that's perfectly appropriate if you want to offer that to your students. Um, if, your, I mean, that's the thing is no one should buy a gun, take a gun class, and then start teaching their students. That's not how it should work. Um, yeah, that works for the rest of the martial arts. Oh. Right. Hey, remember, remember, folks, I told you, we, did, we, we non-martial art, martial art politics, we were all into. Uh, well, that's but right. th- And that, that brings kind of a, that's, that's another aspect to that of, of people who, you know, they'll go and they'll, they'll do something and they'll get certified and they come back and they teach it. You know, right. and they, you know, a weekend course and then they're, you know, a certified level one instructor of whatever, yep. you know, and how much do they understand how, you know, how, how faithfully are they getting it across? That's, you know, all kinds of stuff in, but it's, so it's kind of, you know, for the schools that like, you know, if it's purely a kicking art, oh, well, they need hand techniques. Well, okay. Then, then go learn some hand techniques and then bring them in. You know, does that, and you're good that, to go. Does that, but yeah, and so does that serve the art? So I guess what I'm trying to get on there is like, you know, is it kind of a skim code of like, yeah, you know, like this is some stuff to think about. And it is, is I think very worthy. I mean, and then not only right. just, just talking about, you know, just in general, like, you know, we're in, in kind of a crazy climate right now and, and there's a lot of anxiety and stuff in the world and, you know, maybe, Maybe our job as martial arts instructors is, you know, one of the things I say at the beginning of class is, like, I instituted, uh, you know, kind of like a little meditation thing at the beginning, you know, and there's a lot of schools that do that, a lot of karate schools that do that, and I've never done that, but I just think it's kind of a good time to, again, try and get into your head, you know. And right, so, and see, that's that's the kind of stuff I guess I'm talking about, too, you know. It's, it's kind of like, um, I think that that is a perfect example of, it is it is something beyond outside the boundary of the techniques that define your martial arts that that you have found or 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 you have decided that enhance your students lives and i agree with you i think it i think it probably does um and obviously people don't have to do it they can just sit there and be quiet if they want to um but I think there's there's an opportunity to expose people uh, to more than just a, a list of techniques, and I think that because oftentimes martial arts instructors are the only avenue for that opportunity for most people, 
um, that it becomes really important that that we take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. When I was while you're talking about this, I was just thinking about you know one mm-hmm. of the things in, in our system that we kind of talk about, and probably Okinawan systems in general, is like you know that is, is where it came from. You know, where where the history of the art, the history of the yeah. art, and of course, and that's also the argument with a lot of non traditional martial artists where they go like, well, that just gets in the way. Like, you know, the, right. worried about the history and your lineage and how to tie your belt and, and bowing and all that. It, they kind of start carving like really thin, you know, really m- well, more and more and thin you know, slices like that. That's not important to training. Well, that's not important to training, but it, it, yeah. what's the thrust of the training, right? But, um, so, so we talk a lot about the history and, uh, and, and I have not been pushing it quite as much. Like at a white belt level, I kind of don't push it, but at kind of green belt level, I, I start pushing a little bit more because that is, yeah. you know, because you got to kind of, you got to kind of understand where it came from, you know, being contextualized and, uh, and, and a little bit, uh, not obviously not a little bit in the show, but at some point, uh, I'm going to put out the new marketing push for my, um, uh, bunkai seminars, my application seminars. Okay. Yep. And what that's kind of the thrust of it is like, is like one of the things that is my bugaboo. Is systems that have Okinawan karate, uh, you know, kata at the base of their art, but they so and they're doing doing it relative to their system. But do they understand where it came from? Do they understand the context in which that was created? Um, right. But but so uh, you know, going down going down that path is is like we do. Uh, I took my son last last week to try out a capoeira class, right? And I've always okay. thought capoeira is pretty cool. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm an old lazy it looks dude. Looks fun. Yeah, and, and so I'm like, Ugh. but one of the things that I like about it is it really like, it's it the they're very as much as I've I've seen it, and you know they're very concerned with keeping that culture uh, of you know of music uh, the Brazilian culture and, and right kind of yeah what I fomented mean, it's, it's... this, keeping that in the forefront, mm-hmm. and that, and and so you can look at it and go like, well, what's that got to do with the with the martial art? Well, with the techniques. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I mean, there's an argument to be made there, but yeah, you know, when I look at it, like at the end of class, he brought out like some musical instrument, and he was explaining like how it was made, and da da da, and and so, so that's kind of what you're talking about, like the last ten minutes of class, going like, here, here's this part of the art. Yeah, and I can I can well, see that it being something that's pretty beneficial, you know, because you explain why it is. Well, and it makes me think of the difference between. Um, going to a university and going to a trade school. Um, a, a university is going to train you in more than just your degree. I, I went to, to Western Michigan for aviation science, but I had business classes, I had accounting classes, I had uh, you know science classes, I had a couple of philosophy classes, and I, I think the intention is is to make you a well-rounded person along with the training that you get on a, a technique level. And if people choose, they can go to a trade school instead where really they focus on just the techniques that they need to learn, you know, turn this screw, hammer this hammer to get their job done. Now, I'm not going to say one is more valuable than another, um, I think it's really just a personality thing, which you prefer is whether you prefer learning at a trade school level or you prefer learning, uh, you know, a variety of things. And 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think that when when people go to a martial arts school, um, again, there's that opportunity for the instructor to expose them to the history and expose them to other things that they may not be that that they may not normally be exposed to, and. You know, probably if if people are sort of the the trade school martial arts kind of people, they'll drift towards the the MMA gyms and the boxing gyms and stuff like that. Not that even in those cases that it wouldn't be good in my mind to incorporate some of you know the bigger picture thinking, and in fact, maybe especially in those cases where. You don't teach, you know, punch in head, uh, choke in throat, but you also teach, hey, you know, let's think about what it means to be a good person and why we don't want to be jerks to people, you know, um, because really those are, those are dangerous skills that you're teaching people. And I think an instructor has, really has a responsibility almost to, to make sure that they're responsibly teaching. Yeah, I agree because there's, there's, you know, you can kind of get it around the barn a little bit about, you know, hey, you're here to learn how to punch and kick and like, you know, this is kind of well, what can happen. Uh, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why I don't usually do a whole lot of pad work, but when yeah. I do do it, I, I, I do it a lot with like, okay, I want you to hold the bag so you can feel kind of what it's like to be kicked. <laughs> and then I, I generally get somebody who's a little more senior to kick. Mm-hmm. And so they can feel it's like, okay, do so you feel how much your body moved? All right, that's what mm-hmm. this can do. You know, so, right. you know, you need to understand that, that, you know, and then the flip side, the martial side is so that, you know, you, you're not surprised by the hit. But then right. the other part is, is like, well, so, you know, you can feel what it feels like. Yeah. You know? And, and yep. I definitely think that's, you know, something that need, that should also be, you know, brought in into the fold when you're training is like, yeah, now you know what it feels like to be kicked. It sucks, huh? Yeah. So don't kick somebody. Yeah. But, but actually talking about, you know, maybe grander things. I think it's definitely something worth looking at. I mean, and, and what's some of the stuff that he normally talks about? Who's that? Kent? Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a long time. I, I think most of it is, from what I remember, a lot of it was um, just either quotes by people or excerpts from books. or And I, I think generally what it was was it's it's like um, as he was as, was reading stuff or – you know, as things crossed his path, it was like, oh, this is, this is really interesting and more than anything else, thought provoking. You know, it's not so much here, I'm, I'm giving you this opinion, but more, I'm, I'm pushing you to think about your world in a larger context than, you know, I'm going to wake up in the morning and go to work and come home and watch TV and fall asleep. Um, but I'm going to, we're going to take this 10 minutes, this opportunity to maybe think about the world, um, in a different way. So that, 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 like I say, there wasn't any direction, but you know, the other thing I have, I have thought about with this is there are a lot of Christian martial arts schools and you know, I really, I I used to kind of think about that in, I kind of poo pooed that. Um, but at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it in a different context, for those people and for those people that come to that class, the, the religious part of those classes is an important part of going to those classes. And it's, it's more than about 
you know, punch, kick, headbutt. <laughs> it's, it's about the entire experience of them going to that class. And that is what is valuable for them. So for them, that, that part is important. And, and, you know, I, I don't think it should be discouraged. Definitely food for thought. Yeah. So there you go. I'm, I'm hoping we'll get some activity on the, on the Facebooks. Yep. Right now I'm actually typing into the Univac here at the Massive Karate Cafe studio, opening uh-huh. up the chat lines here oh. at uh, Facebook.com Atopia. And uh, we definitely would like to hear what you guys, I mean, I'm sure there are many of our, our listeners probably have either their instructors or they themselves are doing much the same thing and will probably have something to say about that. Um, and that's one of the things that uh, we definitely want to hear from. Here we are starting the conversation. That was a really good topic, Dan. That's right. We're yeah, gonna, thank you. We're going to keep this one short this week because uh, I was actually reading something, again, the whole like thinking about things outside of what you're thinking about was uh, uh, the length, uh-huh. of, uh, length of a podcast is like really like now you should always keep it to like 30 minutes, you know, more than 15, less than 30 because that's like the commute time, you know. <laughs> Ah, so, clever. So, so clever. we're, so we're going to, you know, again, trying to either keep it, keep it at 30 or if it branches into 30, trying to break it up. Um, that's a good but, idea. But, but, because we want to hear from you guys, right? So hop on the, uh, the, the tweets and the, the Facebooks and the, uh, the, uh, well, that's pretty much it. The tweets and the Facebooks or send us an email at cardiacafe at gmail.com and let us know. Yes, what hit you up think. our, hit up our Facebook, our, our, our MySpace page. Yep. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and go to our Geo- or our, Geo- or our GeoCities page. Go to right? our GeoCities page and uh, yeah. and let us know what you think. Hey, well, okay, Dan, uh, good conversation. We'll talk to you again very soon, I, I suppose. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, you too. All right, and we'll talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.